0: This is most certainly true. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. He shines the light of his love into dark places, our world, our lives, our hearts. And his light chases away the darkness of sin and makes us to shine with his glory. And through his saving work, we will rise and shine to live forever in the glory of heaven. Behold the splendor of Jesus' love, In this sermon, recently delivered at Grace. The Gospel from Luke chapter 4. These words of the Lord will serve as the basis for today's sermon. Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked Jesus to help her. So he bent over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. She got up at once and began to wait on them. At sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness, and laying his hands on each one, he healed them. Moreover, demons came out of many people, shouting, You are the Son of God! But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak, because they knew he was the Messiah. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. And he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. The Gospel of the Lord. What's on your agenda for today? Obviously, church is on that. I'm thankful that you're here. But what else? Maybe some brunch after this, a nap this afternoon, some relaxing, or maybe you have lots of chores to get done this afternoon, grocery store to hit up, or things to do to prepare for the coming week, maybe some homework, maybe watching a little football. Unfortunately, not the Packers today, but maybe that's okay. You're getting your spouse back. Uh, Who knows? What is on your agenda for today. I think that most days you have some kind of an agenda, items that you want to knock out and and get accomplished in that day, even if it's as simple as an agenda of nothing, just relaxing. It's still an agenda. You're probably familiar with the agenda for a business meeting, the list of topics that you want to discuss that day. But an agenda can also mean the underlying motives that somebody has. You know, maybe the, the, or for instance, as we enter into a, another election cycle, you'll hear a lot about the political agenda of, of the candidates, the issues that are really driving their campaign. And then, of course, you have the hidden agendas, those things that people want to accomplish while they're doing something different. That friend of yours who is all of a sudden very helpful, like suspiciously helpful, because they want something from you. And you wonder, what really is your agenda? Now, I don't really need to know what your agenda is for the rest of today. If you want to share it with me after church, you're welcome to. But I actually ask that question because I want to ask an even more important question What is your agenda for being here today? <clears throat> what is your Christian agenda? Today as we spend some time in the Gospel from Luke chapter 4, Jesus is going to explore with us that idea and offer up some edits to our daily agendas that make it more in line with His. You see, Jesus had an agenda. As we look at His Word today, the Gospel takes place on a Sabbath day, the Israelite day of worship and rest. And if I take you a few verses earlier than where we started in our reading, you get to the beginning of that day, the beginning of his agenda. And the first thing on Jesus' agenda on that Sabbath was to go to the synagogue there in Capernaum. Capernaum was one of those cities in northern Israel along the Sea of Galilee. And while Jesus was at church that day, he had the privilege of preaching and proclaiming God's word. And and while he did that, there was a, a man in attendance that day who was possessed by a demon He was causing a great ruckus. Jesus spoke to that demon and drove him out of the man, healing the man completely and fully. And everybody who was in attendance at church that day was absolutely amazed. And they began to spread the word about Jesus and what he was doing. The next thing on Jesus' agenda was to go to Simon Peter's home. Simon being one of the first disciples of Jesus. When they got there, they found that Simon Peter's mother-in-law was very ill with a high fever. Now, this was not a take a couple Tylenol and a nap kind of fever. This was a, we need to get you to the hospital because this is a very serious kind of fever. Jesus went over to her bed, stood above her, looked upon her, and told that fever to leave her. And It did. She was completely and fully healed. And to just realize how complete and full this, heal, this healing was. Think about a time when you've been sick, when you've had a high fever, you were hit by the flu bug, or maybe you had, had symptoms from COVID. You maybe took a nap, felt better after that, but were you ready to jump up on your feet and go start cleaning your house and preparing a big dinner? Probably not. It takes you a while to recover. But Simon Peter's mother-in-law, who just moments before was feeling deathly ill on her bed, the next had jumped up and was now feeding and serving Jesus on all those gathered in her home. You see just how complete and amazing the healing of Jesus is. Next on Jesus' agenda was a last-minute addition. At sunset that day, all the people of Capernaum started to bring their sick and ill before Jesus. And he didn't drive them away. He didn't say, hey, I'm I'm tired. It's at the end of the day. No, he had compassion on them. And one by one, Jesus personally laid his hands on them and healed them. And you not only see the amazing power of Jesus to heal all these sicknesses, but you see the love and the personal compassion that Jesus had for each and every one of their needs. On top of that, he was casting out demons from those who were possessed with those impure spirits and those demons would cry out that he was the son of God but Jesus had to quiet them. He didn't want Satan and his demons trying to tell people who he was and discredit him. You see, I kind of picture it, and maybe it's a silly illustration, but imagine the general manager of the Chicago Bears football team calling up the general manager, of the Green Bay Packers, and telling them that they have this really, really great player over here on the Bears that the Packers should pick up and put on their own team, even though he's really not all that good, and they just want the Packers to pick up this dud of a player. You don't listen to the advice of your opponent. You don't take to heart what they say. Satan's hidden agenda here was to discredit Jesus. Who's going to believe he's the son of God if these demons are claiming this? But Jesus, in line with his agenda at just the right time, would proclaim who he was through his word and works. The last thing that we see on Jesus' agenda in the gospel today actually takes place the next morning. Jesus, at daybreak, set out for a very solitary, quiet place where he could rest and pray. Who could blame him? If you look at his agenda from the day before, he preached, he cast out demons, he healed Simon Peter's mother-in-law, he healed all those who were sick long into the night, if not throughout the whole night. He was tired. He needed physical and spiritual rest but the people of Capernaum weren't going to let him rest. They sought out to find him and when they found Jesus, they weren't going to let him leave the area. They wanted him there. You see, they had an agenda for Jesus. They were being healed. They had free health care with better, faster, more complete healing than any kind of medicine or care that was available to them. Why would they let that go? Why would they let Jesus leave them? So what was their agenda? They wanted to keep Jesus so he could care for and provide for all of their physical needs. But Jesus had an agenda. And his agenda was far different than the one that the crowd had for him. It was much bigger than just having compassion and love for the needs of people living in this world. Listen to Jesus' agenda as he describes it for us with his own words. Verse 43, he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. Let's take a moment to dissect that statement of Jesus so we can really understand what his agenda was and is. He starts out by saying, I must. This is something Jesus had to do. It was necessary. Imagine Jesus saying, this is the most important, biggest reason why I have come. And what was it that he must do? I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. And there you have Jesus' agenda. His agenda is to proclaim the good news of God's kingdom. Now that term, the kingdom of God, is one you will run into quite a bit in the Gospels, especially, actually especially the Gospel of Luke. And a person might look at that and initially think that this kingdom of God is, is something that is going to be set up on this earth, like an earthly kingdom with a, a palace and a walled-in city and a king who rules over everybody. Like God is going to establish this earthly nation and kingdom. But the kingdom of God is way bigger than that. God's kingdom is the way that he rules your heart and your life through faith in Jesus today and always. Jesus came to proclaim that God was coming to his people to open their hearts and give them their new life. That he was coming to open up his kingdom to all people. And Jesus was on the scene to be the one who would go into battle for us to defeat sin and the death that our sin deserves, so that that kingdom of God, so that relationship with God, can be ours, can be yours through faith. Now, if Jesus had given in to the agenda of the crowd that day and stayed in Capernaum as merely a a miracle healer, he never would have gone the way of the cross. It wouldn't have been the perfect sacrifice that you and I needed desperately to set us free from our sin and give us life. But Jesus followed his agenda as he came to be the perfect Savior for you and me and to set us free. Jesus' agenda was to come and to be the Savior of the world and to proclaim that forgiveness and that new life to us and all people. Let me ask you again, what's your agenda? What's your agenda for being here at church today? Are you here because you're, you're looking for some kind of a moral compass in your life? Are you here simply for the social aspect? Are you here for the opportunities to serve? Are, are you here because it makes you feel good? Those are all blessings of being gathered together here with God and his people. But if that's it, my friends, you're missing out on the real agenda. Do you want Jesus to heal or just to be the healer and the fixer of all the problems in your life? Like Jesus, it would be great if you just get rid of this COVID pandemic or if you could just remove the cancer from my life or heal my body. And what if Jesus did answer your most fervent pleas and gave you healing, but your heart never looked at Jesus as anything more than a miracle healer and one who you turn to when you need some answers to your prayers? Do you want Je- or what if Jesus gave you perfect relationships and you had a perfect career, and you had perfect grades, and you had a perfect family. And you recognize these all as blessings that come down from God above in heaven. But you never look past that to see Jesus as the Lamb of God who came to take away the sin of the world, to take away your sin, and to give you healing from your sin, sick, and dead soul, and to bring you into eternal life. If that's the case, then all of the greatest of the blessings and treasures that we might have in our lives mean absolutely nothing. And you might have everything in line in your life in this earthly sense, but if you don't have Jesus and spiritual eternal life set, it's all for nothing. You need spiritual healing. And it's that very thing that Jesus offers to you through his work. Of proclaiming the good news that he is the Lord and Savior, the very same saving message that he tasks us as his church to share with one another. And so, what is the agenda of the church? There are people, uh, maybe even among us and definitely on the world, who want us to have and to use Jesus as nothing more than one who is going to fix relationships and society and all the moral wrongs in our world. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if that's all, then we're missing the point. If we as a group of Christians, we could feed all of those who are hungry, we could pick up all the poor and get them back up on their feet, we could legislate all of the moral filth out of our society, but if we don't share the message of sin and grace and don't share Jesus as Savior of the world and the healer of souls, then we've done nothing. If we were just to proclaim the easy messages of Scripture and avoided talking about the difficult things that God sets before us because our world doesn't want to accept it, or what if we we only proclaimed what itching ears want to hear? What would happen? The Apostle Paul gives us the answer. He wrote to the young Pastor Timothy in 2 Timothy 4. He says this. This is what will happen. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. We would be lost in a world of sin and lost to the truth of our relationship with God and the life that he gives us in Christ. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we shouldn't, as a group of Christians, be concerned about the needs of those people around us in our world. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't care for those people. In fact, we should be doing it more. But we need to do it with the very same agenda that Jesus had. That we go out and we show the unconditional love and compassion to other people as we share the message of grace and truth wrapped up in God's holy word. And that leads us to the last part of Jesus' agenda as he lays it out before us. He said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns also. You see, Jesus isn't just for you. Jesus is for you to take outside of these walls and into the world and into the people that you come in contact with that they too may know the saving truth. You see, the reason that Jesus' agenda that day was so filled with healing and casting out demons was so that he could not only show who he really was as true God, but that he could also build an audience to proclaim the good news of God's kingdom. I pray that God would move your hearts to be filled with trust and faith and joy in Jesus as the Son of God and as the world's Savior, as your Savior, so that you too can go out and show the love and compassion of Jesus to many others as you too build an audience and relationships to then say it, share the saving and healing truth of Jesus Christ. So what's the agenda? The Apostle Paul, I think, summarizes it beautifully. Not just Jesus' agenda, but his agenda for you and me. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Proclaim God's saving word in the way that you speak to others in the way that you care for other people, in the way that you treat others, in the way that you share that life-saving message of sin and God's grace. I propose and move that we adopt Jesus' agenda for our lives today and always. Can I get a second? All in favor? Amen. Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace or to support the work that we do to proclaim the love of Jesus in Milwaukee and around the world, visit www.gracedowntown.org. This grace is for you.